This is an RPR News Link. After meeting with Governor Tim Walz yesterday, the Minnesota bishops are now in the process of deciding when to resume public masses of more than 10 people and what that will look like. As of yesterday, parishes in Minnesota could resume public masses with a 10-person limit under strict safety and sanitation protocols. But there was no date for when they could return to limited public masses of greater than 10 people. The bishops note that the decision of when to resume public masses is ultimately theirs. They will be releasing further statements about the path forward soon. In Wisconsin, the state Supreme Court struck down Governor Tony Evers' extended stay-at-home order, limiting his ability to make statewide rules during emergencies and requiring him to work with the state legislature on how to handle the outbreak. As a result, the bishops of Wisconsin are creating plans to resume public masses when it seems prudent. Bishop James Powers of Superior says he's been working on a plan to resume mass for less than 10 people at a time within the next week or two. This has been an RPR Newslink. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Through these times of trial, we invite you to join us in steadfast prayer for all those affected by the coronavirus and for increased hope and trust in the Lord. Monday through Friday from 1030 to 11 Central during Real Presence Live, our hosts lead a live rosary for these intentions. We also celebrate daily Mass at 9 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. after the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And on Sundays, we bring you Mass at 7 and now 1030 a.m. Central. Please join us as often as you can. We're your family of faith and hope. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Hey everybody, thank you to all of you who joined us in prayer and support of Real Presence Radio during our Feed My Sheep Spring Pledge Drive. With your help, we reached 90% of our goal. Thank you so much. If you missed our four-day drive, that's not a problem. You can still call in and pledge your support at 877-795-0122 or donate online at realpresenceradio.com. Thank you so much and God bless you all. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunst coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, St. James Campus of Stella Maris Academy. And my new co-host, Cindy Jennings, is also here with me. Hello. Uh, So, um, Cindy, how's it going so far? It's great. Great. It's been you know, oh, just amazing. Yeah, Doctor. Uh, I mean, Doctor, but um, uh, George Weigel's always very fun oh, to wow. to talk to. It's great to talk to him yeah. about stories about John Paul II. But an, an equally fun, maybe even a more fun person to talk about is a very good friend of mine, Doctor Tim Rich. Doctor Rich, welcome to uh, Real Presence Live. Good morning. What a beautiful. Uh Beautiful day in Duluth to be here, so thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's well, you're in Duluth all the time anyhow. You're from Duluth. Yeah, it's just a beautiful sunshine. 
Yeah, it's gorgeous out. It is. Beautiful spring day here in, in Minnesota. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I uh, uh, had a wonderful upbringing. I grew up on a sheep farm in northern Wisconsin. Um, there were no doctors or nurses in my family at all. Uh, a parishioner at a small country church, St. William's in Foxborough, Wisconsin. Altar boy, Catholic schooling, etc. And then in high school, decided about in 10th grade that I think I wanted to be a doctor. And uh, did everything at the University of Minnesota. So everything from medical school, internship, residency, um, fellowships in uh, pulmonology, critical care, and sleep medicine, and then also um, research. And so I am a physician scientist. I have a clinical practice where I see uh, lung patients. And then I uh, do research, clinical research, uh, doing a drug development for lung diseases. So you sound really smart. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you intimidated? I've got oh, father. I've got father fooled already. <laughs> but you know, the kind of physician that I am, I really credit to my mom and dad because they were they were very devout Catholics, and they devoted all of their energy to the parish and to the diocese of Superior. And so, you know, I learned my faith from them, but their greatest their greatest teaching was in their death. And so I had a mother who died suddenly, and then a father who died from a protracted cancer. And to take those experiences of, of understanding what it feels like to lose someone you love suddenly, and then over a long period of time, has completely shaped the way I take care of patients and their families. Because that's much of what I do, is, is escort people in the last phases of their life. And so I really credit the kind of physician I am to my folks. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that about you. Tell us about, the, I mean, I, there's a, a bit of a COVID fatigue, I think, in the world. But, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we um, uh, have you here because of your, in particular, because of your interaction with COVID and you're working with COVID. Can you mm -hmm. speak a little bit about that and how a person of faith, how you deal with that as a doctor, as a person of faith? Yeah, it's been, uh, um, it's been a great challenge. It's been a great challenge with COVID because this is, this is an entirely new disease. It's a novel virus. It has not been seen in the person before. And so, so the big challenge to medicine was understanding COVID-19. What in the world are we dealing with here? And so it took us time to understand what were the signs and symptoms of the disease. How do we screen or test for it? What are the therapeutic treatments we can give for it? And then who's the most vulnerable population? And how do you prevent its spread? So I think that was the biggest challenge. We are getting there. What we have learned in medicine over the last eight weeks is just tremendous. Um, I mean, we, we've learned so much from the CDC and the FDA, medical societies, but what we've really learned is at the bedside. You have doctors on their smart devices that are communicating from the bedside, sharing information from across the country about what they're seeing and what they're doing and what's working. And so it's just been tremendously powerful. And I, I'm, I understand our nation needed to shut down eight weeks ago, but I think we're getting a good handle on this. We certainly don't have all the knowledge or all the control, but we're in a better place now just eight weeks later. Uh, I was wondering, you know, I'm sure all the listeners want to know as well, why is there such a huge divide between people on this issue? I mean, even I, I know a lot of people in the medical field across America, 
And, you know, it just seems like some of them believe this and some believe that. I, do we have enough information gathered to make a good educated guess on what we should be doing as far as opening up, not opening up, or, you know, it's becoming very kind of political in a way. Right. So I don't mind disagreement among physicians ever because that it's in that disagreement that you understand the eventual truth. And especially in research, I like the contrarian who will say something different than what I'm seeing so that that truth can be flushed out. So I'm not bothered by that. I think if you are uh, a patient, um, I think that can be why aren't the doctors agreeing. I don't mind that doctors are disagreeing. That's where truth comes from. What? Yep. This is uh, uh, Father Rich Kunz along with Cindy Jennings. Uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live. We're coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, and we're talking to Dr. Tim Rich about his work in regards to the whole COVID pandemic and uh, um, being a man of faith. So maybe speak a little bit about that, Doctor. Is, you know, I mean, there are. Uh, how does your Catholic faith um, uh, draw you into the work that you're doing in particular with this pandemic? Where's your How's, how's your faith interact with this? Because I know you're a right. man of strong faith. I mean, I've, we're really good friends. I've known you for quite a while, and I know your faith is very important to you. Right. The, the thing I use with these um, COVID patients, as I use with all other patients, is I try to see Christ in each of them. And that can be difficult, uh, because the situations you're entering um, can be frustrating and difficult and fearful and painful, but if you focus on consciously looking for Christ in that patient, then that sets the way you care for them. And you know, Matthew 25, whatever you do for the least of my brothers and sisters, you do for me. And so that's very, that's a conscious thing I will either think or actually say to myself before entering a room with a patient. Well, um, and what, what kind of, can you tell us about some graces and blessings that you've received recently from that yeah grace people grace uh, the peace of christ given to the restless and and haven't we been so restless as a as a society um to the patient um i get grace when i visit them at their homes and hospice so i've never sent any of my patients to hospice without offering to visit them at their homes virtually all of them say yes that's great and I use my day off to do that, and I go from room to room. And, and what I learn is, is, is the spiritual clarity that comes as death approaches. And it's wholly unique for each patient. Father, you see this as a priest, but the spiritual clarity that comes as death approaches is just the most marvelous, marvelous thing to witness. And it's different for each and every patient. And so that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful piece of grace. I, small note, Father and I have joked about this a little bit. I feel a little bit like a leper because nobody wants to be around me because they don't know if I have COVID-19 as a physician. And so uh, family and friends, those who see me out in the community, don't and won't even make eye contact sometimes. They think they might contract it, <laughs> I guess. And so it is, it's, uh, so I get a little sense of the, uh, the cleansing of the leper story where you, you are... Um, avoided um, more, more well, than distanced. Well, but you know, I mean, you do work directly with COVID patients. I mean, so that's a big part of what you're working the last few weeks. You know, so I, I can see where there's, there might be a, a level of paranoia for a lot of people. In fact, you yourself, you kind of isolated yourself and had your, your wife, Sandy, and your uh, kids 
go to the cabin, right? During the early stages, at least, anyhow. Right, because we didn't know what we were dealing with in this disease and didn't know how to best prevent it, and that was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so, right. Um, Yeah, it's... Go ahead. I got to tell you, it was, I was excited. I wanted to give you a hug when you walked in because I've heard so much about you. So I had the opposite reaction, like <gasps> going in for a hug and you're looking at me like horrified. Like, and that surprised me, Dr. Uh, Rich, because the fact of the matter is that I usually, when I talk about you, it's all bad things. So I don't know why oh, you would yeah, want right. to well, thank you. you. Thank you. No. This he is a real, this is a really him. good day for our friendship. Yeah. I think. <laughs> right, right. You know, the, there are blessings though that come from, from this whole experience. And I'm just reminded in medicine that there are extraordinary people drawn to the profession. Absolutely extraordinary. You know, physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, nurses, aides, technicians, dietary, chaplaincy, leadership. They are all uniformly smart, committed, hardworking, and compassionate. And especially during the Lenten season, and especially during COVID, where you, you didn't have family able to come into a hospital to visit a patient, the family was, was the health team. They were the family. They were the ones celebrating you know, Lent and Easter. Um, I, it's just such a blessing. I'm reminded of that every day. I'm around it every day, but it, it's been accentuated to me to see such a blessing in the people I work with. What a, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I just love what you said about finding Christ in every person. I just think that's so important. And I know from my experience and my tragedy in my life, it was, you know, seeing every single person at the Mayo Clinic involved and just the compassion and the love that they had. Just, I just love hearing your story and, and everything that you're saying about, because it just kind of rings true. Well, and your, your husband was a physician, so you probably saw yes. that in what Dr. Rich mm-hmm. is saying. Well, and yes. I must say, Cindy, I thought the world of your husband Oh, thank you. He and I cared for patients together. What a beautiful man. Brilliant, brilliant physician. You kind of, I mean, when you're talking, it just reminds me of him because he was so compassionate and just would visit everybody everywhere, anytime, and just amazing. So, yeah, I... What, you know, um, Dr. Rich, if you just say a little bit about, um, you know, I mean, there's a, and you're a pulmonologist, we're talking about the faith, uh, but I also want to a little bit we've had conversations about the percentage of people that are dying and you know i mean the fear that's out there based on what really the disease is what we know about it now can you speak just very briefly in a minute about that right what we're finding is that the vulnerable population appears to be those that are over 70 that have one or more severe comorbidities which would be a uh, pulmonary cardiac um, uh, or immunosuppressive state uh, most of those reside in um, long-term care facilities and nursing homes. And so it was very important to identify this population. Now, this is, was different than the influenza H1N1 pandemic, for which 80% of the people who passed were be- between the ages of 25 and 65. And so that was the vulnerable population that needed to be protected. In a pandemic, it's always important to identify that that next population. And so we're getting a much better handle than we did eight weeks ago of who we need to protect. Mm-hmm. By and large, by and large, people have either had mild or no, no, or no symptoms and have actually done pretty well with that. Do you have a, we have about a minute. Do you have any last thoughts in regards to your faith in this dealing with the whole pandemic thing? 
Um, my favorite quote from Mother Teresa of Calcutta, never let anything so fill you with sorrow that you forget the joy of Christ, Christ risen. No. So this is a real stressful time, as you said in the petitions in Mass today, spiritual, emotional, physical, financial. But it's to stay close to Christ. Trust in Christ. Take respite in Christ's love for you. His individual love for just you. And the other thing I would say is, God bless America. The legions of scientists and clinicians working around the clock in the labs and at the bedside to to bring order, to bring treatment and protection, extraordinary. So God bless this country well, and those in health care. Thank you very much, Dr. Rich, for and being with you. us. Yeah. Thanks for, th thank thanks for being around. Uh, after the break, we're going to be talking about how there's a special mission to pray one million rosaries. And then after that, we will pray a rosary after the break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 